Hello, everyone, and welcome to Objective Health. I'm your host, Tiffany, and joining me in the studio today, we have Erica, Doug, and Elliot. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Okay, so today we're going to talk about this weird and creepy anti-human, anti-life anti-natal streak that's running through certain movements that are popular right now, like the vegan movement, the environmentalist movement, the echo warriors and whatnot. Mm. So I've been following this and I'm sure you all have been following this too. If you're at all uh, familiar with, all of the vegan YouTubers and all of the articles that are out now about climate change and about how we have 12 years left or we're going to be at a tipping point and there's nothing we can do and we're all going to die because of global warming and the rise in sea levels. And uh, what's her name? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, otherwise known as the AOC, and her new green deal which is so ridiculous so all of this stuff has been in the news and you can't help but notice like one these people think that the sky is falling there's always been like these movements they say we only have this much time left or only have that much time left and that much time passes and all of their predictions are proved to be false but it's still happening um it actually seems like every time they give, like, they, there's like a recurring pattern where it's like, oh, the world's going to end in like, you know, we're going to have complete climate breakdown in 10 years. And then 10 years goes by and they're like, oh, yeah, in 10 years, we're going to have complete climate breakdown. <laughs> and then another 10 years goes by and then they're like, oh, it's only five more years, five more years until complete climate breakdown. I remember yeah. I saw one recently. It was like it was like a headline from 1989. And it was saying that, uh, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, UN predicts disaster if global warming not checked. This is in 1989. And you see in the text there, it says, uh, entire nations will be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. That was almost mm -hmm. 20 years ago at this point. I haven't yeah. seen a single nation wiped off the face of the earth at this point. Nor have I seen a single polar bear wiped off of an iceberg. <laughs> like that was predicted. So I think if the polar bears survive, I think we're going to be okay, at least for a while. Who knows what is going to happen, but that seems to be a recurrent theme. And also uh, the fact that so many of these radical or extremist environmentalists or vegans I say the radical ones because there are some decent people in all movements that just have concern about humanity and the planet. I mean, that's understandable. But of course, lots of these uh, advocacy groups get radicalized. Um, so we're not the only people that notice that a lot of these people seem to hate their fellow human beings. And apparently, I guess that this was something that was noticed in animal rights advocates and vegans too, because this, I'm going to read something from an article. It was posted on Vox Vegan. And I don't see who the author is, but this is from 2012. 
So this guy says that, and I'm quoting here, I've encountered a number of vegans who appear to have a decidedly misanthropic view. It's impossible to know whether they were this way inclined prior to becoming vegan or not. Statements like, I love animals, but I can't stand people. Or animals are innocent, but humans are evil, are not unfamiliar. We sometimes hear sentiments expressed by vegans and others along the lines of human beings being nothing but a cancer upon the earth, and that it would be better if the human species became extinct. And this quote, this is the author that's quoting some other vegan from the internet. He says that this is somewhat typical. So this person is saying, I feel very angry whenever I witness something horrific, unnecessary, and cruel. I feel sad and upset. I admit at times that I have hated humans, including myself and everyone I know, and I wish that they would vanish from this planet. I believe this feeling comes from hopelessness. Sometimes it seems that we humans are just a force of destruction, pain, and misery. So... (laughs) They don't sound like happy people. And as this conversation goes on today, we'll see that a lot of these people are depressed. And from my research, it just seems like it's pop this movement, like vegans or uh, environmentalists are populated by a bunch of depressives who all get together and make themselves feel better by knowing that there's other people who believe that the sky is falling too. So... Another thing that I've noticed with these people is that they put ideas before people. Mm-hmm. They have like this utopian vision of what the world should be like in their heads, but they have no idea about how this vision is going to play out and how it's going to affect ordinary people, what the consequences might be, uh, any unforeseen or unintended consequences that might come about because of their vision. And a lot of the times they have no idea of the complexities of what they're talking about, like climate change, like these people who are making these pronouncements like the AOC and later we'll talk about Greta Thunberg, the poster child of the environmentalist movement. They have no idea really what they're talking about. Uh, They're not scientists, not climate, climate scientists, of course, and it's just ridiculous. So anybody else have... Any comments on that? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think to me, it kind of, I, I think that this is all kind of by design that, you know, these people, I mean, it's like you say that nobody really has a good understanding of what is really going on. Um, you know, they, but what's presented is that, you know, how many times have we heard, oh, the uh, the debate is closed. There is no debate on climate change. Mm-hmm. Anthropo- anthropogenic global warming is real. Um, all scientists agree, except for maybe a few fringe crazies. Um, the IPCC, like, you know, puts out these statements all the time. The media grabs it and runs with it. So you almost can't really blame the people who are kind of acting on this information because they've been primed with it for so long. It's just like this drilled into them. I mean, when all these, uh, these protests are happening right now with kids like leaving school to protest climate change, their kids and, I mean, sorry, their parents and their teachers are like encouraging them. Yeah. Get out there and do it. Our generation sucks because we didn't stop this. You guys have to do (laughs) something. And it's like, this, this is, like the curriculum now this is what the the students are being taught so 
Yeah, the fact that that all nuance has completely left the table, and all they're getting is just this indoctrination with um, with this information. I like I I can't blame these people for kind of just believing what they've been told all their life. And I mean, these kids, I mean, literally it has been all their life. This entire, their entire existence has been like, oh yes, we humans are terrible. We're destroying the planet. And you Mm -hmm. just by being here, just by existing are harming the planet and nature and all the animals that you love. You're a terrible, (laughs) terrible, your existence is terrible. All of your animal yeah. Yeah, and it's extremely emotionally driven. There's not much fact based. Uh, there's not much logic to it. And the fact that it's aimed at younger people is just a testament to how like leftist ideologies are pushed upon younger people so you can, you know, change their thinking for the rest of their lives. Like with uh, veganism and sex education and all these new programs that leftists are pushing, you want to get them while they're young and while they're impressionable and while their emotions are kind of in flux and they have no idea of history. And the fact that this kind of thing has been done repeatedly, at least since the 70s, that's where this, um, you know, we need to reduce the population thing started big time back in the 70s with Paul Ehrlich. So it's driven by emotion, but it's also driven by like a strong sense of wanting to control people and what Mm -hmm. they do, what they think, where they live, if they can drive a car, what they can eat, whether or not they could, can or should have children. Um, So they just want to control people. Um, and even in one of the IPCC reports, you know, they talk about how lifestyles are a particular interest to the IPCC. And one of the quotes uh, from one of the researchers is that people don't just need to change their behavior. They need to change themselves. So they're just talking about total control here. Mm-hmm. Well, other human beings, they don't care about anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting, actually, is, you know, who else used to say that, that, you know, he didn't care about wars, he just wanted to change how people lived. That was, uh, uh, that was Adolf Hitler. Oh. <laughs> In fact, we do have a clip um, from, uh, it's just a short clip, um, just the beginning one, maybe Damien, you can pull that up, talking about the, uh, the parallels between the Green Movement and uh, Nazism. It's the beginning of the um, Rupert Darwall one. Yeah. Virtually all the themes of the modern environmental movement are prefigured, unquote, in the Nazis' support of wind power in the 1930s. Explain this. Yeah, if you look at what the Nazis were doing in the 1930s and their environmental policies, virtually every theme you see in the modern environmental movement, the Nazis were doing. So it happens to be a historical fact that the Nazis were the first political party in the world to have a wind power program. It also happens to be a fact that they were against meat-eating, 
and they considered that it was terribly wasteful that so much grain went went to feed livestock rather than to make bread. It's also the case that they were they had the equivalent of fuel economy rules because they had the most expensive gasoline in in Europe and so they basically had very few people driving cars. So virtually everything that you see. I think actually the most the most extraordinary thing that I came across was this quote from Adolf Hitler where he told an aide once I'm not interested in politics, I'm interested in changing people's lifestyles. Well, that could be, that's extraordinarily contemporary. That is what the modern environmental movement is all about. It's about changing people's lifestyles. Mm. Mm. So I know so it's kind of... I know how the whole Nazi regime turned out yeah. on all the millions and millions of people who died yeah. because of Hitler's policies. Yeah, it, it's interesting. There's also um, like another well-known environmental activist. I'm not sure quite how to pronounce his name. I think it's George Mon Monbiot. Monbiot. George Monbiot. Monbiot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, he actually came out right forth and, and said that um, the aim is to have tighter controls. It's not not about more freedom. It's about less freedom for people. Like he, he basically just explicitly said that, yeah, we want people, we want to be able to control what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't have to, you just have to read between the lines, so to speak. So it makes you wonder what are the underlying intentions of the people who jump onto these movements? Um, and I'm sure that there are many people who do have genuine concerns about the environment. And, and I think that that's um, fair enough, you know, that's understandable. But it seems as though some of the people who've also uh, kind of um, made their way into that movement, I would imagine, actually are, um, are more likely actually seeking, seeking to, to control how people act, how they behave, um for whatever reason well yeah and i think i think you're right like i think your average environmentalist person or you know at this point it's pretty pretty mainstream to be um have concern for the environment and to be uh you know caught up in the co2 kind of nonsense but um i think the roots of this are actually like globalist, like I really do think, like although it has the um, the appearance of being kind of a grassroots thing, where people are kind of the average citizen is like rising up and protesting, and you know, let's make our leaders who are so resistant to change, let's force them to change. And I think that the actually, when you look, when you start digging even like a little bit, this is really coming from the top down. That is kind of like mm-hmm. there's this idea that. Um, that the world does need to be more controlled. People need to be controlled. Their behavior needs to be controlled. The way they live, the way, the, like how much they consume, what they consume, wh- how free they are to move, all those things are controlled. Like the, the ultimate kind of UN Agenda 21, just to put on my tinfoil hat for a little while, um, 
you know, they're, all of their, their kind of mandates, like everything that they're trying to kind of push forward is all about tight control of the population. Um, and whether or not their intentions, like whether they give a shit about the environment or not, it's hard to say. I would guess probably not that really the environment is just kind of the, the, uh, the guys put over um, these tighter controls being put on. So, like, I mean, you know, look at the, the Green New Deal, too. I mean, that's like, that basically is straight out of, like, Agenda 21. And it's basically like, oh, yeah, you're not going to be able to fly anymore. Um, cars are, you know, are going to be very rare. Everybody's going to have to take these public transit systems and rail systems. And, you know, everybody's going to have to be vegan. We're going to stop animal farming. So it's all about this tighter and tighter and tighter control over the populace. And And you can see that because... The people who are getting hit with it is the average working class individual. Yeah. It's it's not the elites. You know, they are still jet setting across the world, living their lavish lifestyles with their mansions. And I mean, God knows what else they partake in, but they're not they're not the ones who these um activists are even targeting. Yeah. In fact, it seems that many of the protests, now there are some protests that do you know, claim to be against the the massive corporations and, and things. But actually, a lot of this activism seems directly pointed at average people. And if you look at the tiny, tiny contribution that people as a whole contribute towards things like pollution in, in, in comparison with the 1%, the 10%, let's say, mm. who are actually doing the fracking, who are, you know, doing the oil drilling, you know, these massive corporations owned by the billionaires, the real elites, they are the ones who are contribu- contributing to this stuff in the, in um, a, a lot more than the average person is. Yeah. And yet we're the ones who are being targeted. Absolutely. So that really makes you have to think, where, what is the intention behind this? Well, the perfect example of that, there's a couple of perfect examples, actually, but one of the perfect examples of that, so there's this Extinction Rebellion um, uh, protest group who are hardcore environmentalists, and they, they, like you're saying, Elliot, they are particular, like, they are disrupting the average person. They're not, you know, they, they, all of their, their protests and everything are targeting average people, like messing up their day. And, you know, that that's clearly by design. But Emma Thompson, I believe it was Emma Thompson, actress you know super i assume i I assume she's quite wealthy flew in from like la or something like that from the u.s to go to this extinction rebellion protest it's like well (laughs) you know extinction rebellion is telling you you can't fly anymore and you're going to fly in for it there was another example too fly in but they're what they block bridges in five different cities in the UK and tied up traffic and people couldn't get to work and emergency services couldn't get through. Emma Thompson is not affected by that. (laughs) Right. And and you think of the taxi drivers as well. The Mm -hmm. guys who get paid by the minute per journey and they're having to wait six hours to get past some protests. They lose a whole day's work. How Mm -hmm. is that in any way? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Or another example is AOC and her blockage of Amazon coming to New York City and all of the jobs that that could have created. I mean, you can say what you want about Amazon and their terrible working conditions, but people need work. They need to be able to make monies to support their families. And she says, no, yeah, you can't have them in. Yeah. 
because she doesn't like rich people. Yeah, it's always, always, always ideas before people, mm-hmm. and especially working class people. Yep. So do, do we want to talk about this <laughs> this weird little girl? <laughs> Greta. Named Greta. Greta Thunberg. It looks like Greta Thunberg, but she's from, um, where is she from? Sweden. 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 <laughs> she's 16-year-old years old and again uh, about this whole uh that this these movements are populated by a bunch of depressed people mm-hmm. so she admits herself that she has multiple mental health issues uh she has asperger's ocd selective mutism depression she's had eating disorders which she said is stunted her growth of course she's a vegan so um <laughs> Her her mother is a world class opera singer and her dad is an actor, so you would think okay maybe she has like some kind of genetic predisposition to be overly dramatic, but you look at her presentation and she comes across as like very like uh, flat affect, uh, very monotone voice. She just seems like a really weird person. So she got her mother to stop flying. She's like world-class opera singer, I guess. So she got her to stop taking planes anywhere. She got her dad to turn vegan. Again, this little 16-year-old girl is like controlling her whole family because she strongly, strongly (laughs) believes in environmental movement. So that went out past her family. Now she's influencing all these kids all over the world to go out into the streets every Friday and protest on environmental issues. So she says things like, I, I want you to panic and feel the fear that I feel every day. Yeah. I mean, what seems to come across to me, quite it's quite apparent that this is a disturbed little girl. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like they're lionizing her and like kind of like really elevating um, what she's doing when really it's like you mentioned the, I mean, the, the mental illness thing, you know, do you really want to like elevate somebody? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to knock on people who have, you know, mental, mental problems or anything like that. But, but quite honestly, like, I think that, um, and, and again, you know, this does come from like, this is how she's been educated, right? Like this is what has been pushed on mm-hmm. her since the day she's been born. So you can't totally like blame, blame her for this because she is just kind of saying like uh, any, any of this information where it says, yeah, the human race is doomed and, and you're, we're destroying the planet. And just by existing, you are destroying the planet. I mean, different kids are going to be affected at different levels on that. I mean, your average kid is probably going to be like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, but I still want to go play with my trucks. Whereas other kids are going to actually be really strongly affected by this. I would say particularly kids who kind of have a tendency towards um, some kind of, kind of mental issues in some way. So... Yeah, and and but the fact that then to to kind of lionize her and kind of put her as the figurehead of this um, this movement, um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting too in the upper right there of that image the <laughs> the comparison between her and the poster child for like Nazism um, back uh, in Adolf Hitler's day is is kind of funny and somehow appropriate the braids and everything. <laughs> Well, she said that when she was younger, she started reading about 
how uh, the climate is pretty much screwed and we only have, you know, a certain number of years to live. And she got so depressed that she stopped talking and she stopped eating and she didn't go to school for an entire year. So it's bad enough that this is a, a teenager that is so-called leading a movement, kind of like the Parkland shooting kids who's all mm. of a sudden had all the backing behind them to start talking about gun control and all that. Um, but she's mentally ill and she's being pushed to the forefront of this movement. And that is just not right. Although it's somehow quite symbolically appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Cause you kind of have to be, I don't want to use the word nut bucket, but I guess. <laughs> but you just did. <laughs> you kind of have to be kind of a nut bucket because one thing that's disturbing about all of this, uh, as far as, you know, uh, environmentalism and climate change and veganism and don't eat meat, is that it's all, it's all based on a lie. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff is true. <laughs> The, the, pop, the, the earth is not warming. In fact, it's getting cooler. Human beings aren't responsible for global warming and putting out all this extra CO2. That's cyclical. Meat is not better. I mean, meat is better for you than, you know, uh, plants and uh, having a plant-based diet. So it's all a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. And it's being pushed with all this emotion and all this need for control. And it's all a lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if those things were true, it's still not right to push your beliefs onto somebody else. People should be able to live their lives how they want to, for the most part, as long as other people are severely hurt. That's why it's so insidious, though, because what Mm -hmm. what, because the, the way that it's and they do this with the vaccine thing, too, that just that your choices um, of how you want to live your life affect everybody else. Right. Which mm-hmm. is true to an extent. But at the same time, like, like you said, people should be able to kind of live their life the way that they want to live it. But when you're indoctrinated with, you know, these people are, are making choices that is going to destroy the planet. It's mm-hmm. like you can't it, it's not surprising that that people are going to kind of drop that whole like, well, you can live your life the way you want to live and start getting more militant. I start saying, no, you have to stop. Same with the vaccine thing. No, you have to get a vaccine. You're putting everybody else in danger. Well, and I don't know if this is correct or not. It's about the Overton window. Elliot, maybe you're an expert in this since your last (laughs) name. But like you introduce like some really radical idea and just like push it and push it and push it so that it becomes a part of the public consciousness. And you kind of let it sit and fester for a while. And then you move the window over and introduce something even more drastic. Like for now, uh, there's all this, uh, you know, we're going to die and eat, don't eat meat and uh, don't have children. And at what point is it going to become, okay, it's your choice to do these things or not do these things to, okay, we're going to enforce this through fines, violence, or any other way that people force people to do things. And it's a way to get people to compromise as well. And people will think that they are um, being um, reasonable by uh, essentially, but when you, that, that Overton window concept kind of thing, when they introduce these new radically kind of new ideas, which are a bit crazy, 
people see that and they think, wow, that is so far from the norm right now. That's like all the way over there. So we're not, we're not going to go there. That's, that's too radical. But then they push that back, so to speak, and they introduce this new concept. And then people as a compromise, they'll say, no, we're not going to go that far, but we'll do this. Mm-hmm. We'll meet mm-hmm. in the middle. And then you, you've got it gradually happening like through the generations where well, you, these- you, yeah, you see that with the environmental movement that even started with Earth Day, right, in 1969. So you have people that are concerned about the planet and recycling and being energy efficient and all these things. And in, in, in the beginning, it seems reasonable. You know, you should stop using so much plastic. You should, you know, cook your own food and don't buy packaged food and then just as you guys are saying it keeps moving to more and more extremes Mm. and what started out as maybe a good thing that people could realistically engage in you know like when you think about the 70s and carpooling you know everyone gets together to go into this city or whatever and then it becomes just this fear-mongering scaring uh, you know the 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 sky is falling approach And all of a sudden, those little things that maybe people were trying to do to to have a less negative effect on the planet are thrown out the window. Well, maybe we should play um, that George Mambio clip, actually. It was on the, the Twitter video I sent you, Damien, um, because he it, it, it's, a, it's kind of a perfect example of that. Because he's talking about how the environmental things that we were we've been doing up until now are not enough. And then he ends off on a real high note. So we'll just play that. <laughs> well, do one I, thing. I mean, what we have to do is a big structural political economic stuff. You know, what, what we're being told to do is change your cotton buds and all these sort of pathetic micro consumerist bollocks, which just isn't going to get us anywhere. You know, there are one or two things you can do as a consumer, which do make change, switch to a plant based diet. That's one <laughs> big Big change because animal farming has its massive environmental impact. <laughs> Another one, stop flying. Yeah, but, but beyond that, actually everything we have to do is change the system. We have to overthrow this system which is eating the planet with perpetual growth. I mean, since when was GDP a sensible measure of human welfare? And yet everything that governments want to do is to try to boost GDP. Now, people like the OECD or the World Bank who say, oh, we're not asking for a lot of growth, just 3% a year. That means doubling in 24 years. Yeah, we're bursting through all the environmental boundaries and screwing the planet already. You want to double it? Double all that? Double it again? Keep doubling it? It's madness. We've got to find a better way of measuring human welfare than perpetual growth. We've got to start ramping down all fossil fuel production and leave fossil fuels in the ground. And at the same time, and this is a nice bit of it, it turns out that through massive rewilding, ecological restoration, you can draw down a load of the carbon dioxide we've already produced. Huge amounts, allowing the forests to come back, the marshes to come back, um, the sea floor to recover from trawling and stuff. They draw down carbon dioxide and can take us a long way towards stopping climate breakdown at the same time as stopping ecological breakdown. There's time, but... We can't do it by just pissing around at the margins of the problem. We've got to go straight to the heart of capitalism and overthrow it. Yay! Overthrow capitalism. Why have I had that one before? (laughs) 
<laughs> so I mean, maybe in Stalinist Russia, <laughs> where they wanted to. Uh, it sounds a bit like a communist. The means of production and the farms, and if the farmers didn't want to give up their farms, they they killed them. And then food production went down and people starved by the millions and died. Is that what George Mambiant wants? That's exactly what he wants. Well, I mean, if he's really on board with the uh, depopulation agenda, which he very well could be because he's an influencer. He's, he's a journalist for The uh, for the Guardian, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, know George Mambiant. Yeah, the Guardian is great. He's, he's terrible. Um, like, just awful. But... Um, yeah, it's interesting because, like, you know, a couple of things, like one or two out of everything he said there, one or two things I was kind of like, okay, well, th- that's a point that I've heard before and actually maybe even made before that maybe GDP is not the best measure of human progress or, you know, there are small things in there where I was kind of like, there's there's a point to that and maybe that's something that could be explored. But the whole base of what he's talking about is just so off so completely off like even right from the beginning oh well the two things that you can do on a personal level uh to save the world is eat a plant-based diet and not fly it's like oh my (laughs) god like honestly and even the thing he's talking about like oh yeah if we we do all these rewilding rewilding things which there are many Uh examples of uh rewilding that's gone on that have been absolutely disastrous by the way but he refuses to look at the fact that if you actually have um, pasture-raised livestock and still eat the meat, that that has that same rewilding effect, that that can bring marshes back, bring farm, you know, prairies back, all these kinds of things. Like that is, there is such a thing as sustainable farming that he just ignores and would rather go to kind of um, these mass factory farm plants, soy, corn, wheat, and, you know... Shmeat. And I'm sure he's a Schmidt fan. I'm sure. Yeah, beware of people who want to change the world. They're all nuts. Well, but, they just don't know um, what they're doing. No, they don't know what they're doing. And it always turns out badly. Always. Well, back to this. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about vegans for a little while and how it's not just the environmentalists who hate people. Uh, that quote that I was reading at the beginning of the show was written by an animal rights vegan. Mm-hmm. So you, you hear like these vegans talking about how animals are our friends. And I have house pets, you know, they're my friends, I suppose. You know, Why we have a nice them? relationship. But uh, a cow is not my friend. The average <laughs> animal that's living out in the wild is not my friend. I don't even know these animals i don't know their names or anything about them they're not my friends uh they kill me if they had you know half a chance (laughs) so (laughs) they're not my friends but a lot of these vegans talk about how you know they hate humans but another thing that is coming out more and more on youtube is that these vegans are talking about how people shouldn't have children and they're pushing vasectomies like a, a vegan gains is this guy 
who's a popular YouTuber, and he talked about having a vasectomy on his podcast. And Freely, the banana girl, and her ex-boyfriend, Dorian Ryder, they advocate that sort of thing. I think Dorian Ryder actually did have a uh, vasectomy. And what did you say about vasectomy? Cakes? Oh, in the newspaper the other day, there was an ad for vasectomy cakes. And at first I didn't really understand what that meant, whether the cake was made by the parts or the other. But apparently it's an up and coming industry that you can now have a party and have a special cake made to celebrate your vasectomy. uh, I don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of not life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lots of articles coming out now and people on video saying how uh, the world will be a better place if, I guess the more moderate view is if people had fewer children, they just say fewer, they don't say necessarily how few, Mm. but birth rates all over the world are dropping anyway. This isn't the the era where people had like seven to nine, five, seven, nine, five, or however many children. You know, people have a couple kids, maybe. It's not like people have huge families anymore. So when they say fewer, I'm like, is fewer none? Some people go so far as to say that you shouldn't have any children. You know, just stop having children, get a vasectomy, don't have kids not having kids is the best thing that you can do for the planet. And, you know, people should not be allowed to breed or if they do, they need to have a license or maybe we should do something like China's one child policy. And that way we could all save the planet. So, uh, well, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't have much of a problem with these guys. um, These types getting vasectomies. I think it's probably probably quite good that they're not replicating. Yeah. uh, Because it doesn't seem that they have much of a brain. (laughs) It's totally true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's this anti... What do they call it? Antinatalism? This idea that you... you, It's your your duty. I mean, it just comes back to this whole kind of anti-human agenda that's being pushed. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that these things these ideas are becoming like more and more mainstream as well that this, yeah, this they're I- all over the newspapers. yeah that these that, that that it's actually um a good thing if you don't have any kids that that having kids is, is inherently selfish and mm. that you're you're just helping to destroy the planet um that's a really well, think about the family like the effect on the families the people that already do have children too you know and maybe they read this and they've got a two and a five-year-old and all of a sudden they're feeling these crazy feelings of guilt yeah <laughs> well the kids themselves too i mean look at this greta thunberg i'm sure that she's uh pr- at least part of her existential angst is probably the fact that she exists in a world that uh, the planet hates her. Yeah. Well, there are, there's a movement called the Volunteer Human Extinction Movement. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, they say that humanity will eventually become extinct if everyone chooses to stop breeding. They 
so far I haven't heard of anybody calling for killing the people who are already alive, you know, except for the abortionists. But <laughs> <laughs> they say if people just they are still saying voluntarily choose like who would choose that, of course, who would not have sex and even accidentally get pregnant. But um, if everybody stops choosing to breed, then eventually all the humans will die off and the world will be much, much better off without human beings because we're the cause of so much uh, pollution and suffering and whatever. Where does does this, like, where does that even come from? This idea that, that the world, the planet is a, would be a better place without human beings on it. Like that the word, the, the planet is, is, is more important than the humans. Mm-hmm. I, I just well, there's don't... no basis of comparison because no one has ever not been on the earth to, you know, kind of say, oh, this is better than when there's <laughs> more billion people here. <laughs> exactly. No one knows. <laughs> it, it mildly resembles the kind of um, <clears throat> religious um indoctrination that human beings are born in sin and that mm. they're forever having to um they're forever having to try to um redeem themselves you know because we are so poorly and you know h- horrible innately evil aren't mm-hmm. we and that it's almost like it's a semi kind of religious idea that these guys and that there's many comparisons between these individuals or these kind of ideology and then fundamentalist religion, you know, it's very, very similar. Um, yeah. But it, it makes me think about um, when talking about, um, I did have a point about something, <laughs> but I missed it. I will come back to it afterwards. We'll come back Sorry. to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, even without all this, don't have kids and have a vasectomy stuff. Like even amongst the vegans, I've noticed, um, like there's all these ex-vegan videos on and mm-hmm. then the, the current vegans make a video and they're talking about how the person was never truly a vegan. Like freely the banana girl has mm-hmm. one out where she's like, just because you're, you get sick or you have some acne or some, you know, basically she's saying just because you suffer some health consequences doesn't mean that you should stop being vegan. The animals are more important. Yeah. So basically animals are more important than even your own health. So not only do some of these radical vegans, you know, want, you know, the population to go down to close to zero just to, you know, save all the animals, but they are willing to sacrifice even their own selves and their own health. I mean, that in itself is anti-life and anti-human. I'm going to die for this belief. They might not feel that on a conscious level, but that's what a lot of these people are doing. Yeah. And when you hear them say things like that, um, it almost makes you wonder, like, they're meant to belong to the human race. So you'd think that they'd kind of be like fighting in our corner. (laughs) But but it seems as though they're fundamentally at odds with human Mm -hmm. beings. And it seems to be a common thing among many many of the kind of fundamentalist kind of ones, the ones who are really radical about it. And it really kind of makes you wonder at a more 
basic, really kind of fundamental level, are they are they actually part of the same species? Because mm. because they seem somewhat separate in terms of what is underlying. Uh, yeah, we look the same, but in terms of the fundamental substance, which kind of makes them the non-material aspect of that, it makes you wonder, are they in some way different in that humanity as a whole is actually separate from them? They are more actually, um, you know, perhaps related to, to rocks. <laughs> or maybe there's a real reason why they identify so strongly with animals. Maybe they don't have, yeah. I don't know, whatever it is that makes humans humans, that spark of life that separates us from the animal kingdom. Maybe they're missing that. And they really do feel like they're a part of that group instead of a part of humans. Yeah. Uh, and I think for some people as well, perhaps if it's, I think for some of the recovering ones anyway, the people who do kind of be drawn into this kind of mindset and are only there temporarily and actually come out of it, because there are some of those, I think that some of those, I tend to think that perhaps they have been damaged, perhaps they have been traumatized, perhaps they were brought up in an environment which was genuinely um, unwelcoming, which mm-hmm. gave them the, 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 like an underlying belief that actually the world is out to get them, that people cannot be trusted. But rather than this being objectively true, actually it's more of a perhaps a trauma, something like that. And actually that, that this hatred for humanity is, is, is more of a distrust, is more of a, mm-hmm. you know, a kind of inability to connect with other human beings because of one's own, I guess, traumatic experiences and messed up emotions and things like that. And that actually these people do have some chance to, to, to move on, to, to work through that and actually come out of this. But that doesn't seem to be the case for all of them. In fact, I, I'd say only a portion of them because it doesn't seem like some of them are redeemable in any way. <laughs> Maybe the more redeemable ones are the ones who do it for health reasons. Like they think yeah. that veganism is healthy and is going to get them back on the right track. But then you have this other half that... Uh, they're really in it for the, the animal rights part of it and the protecting animals and saving the earth and the planet. And mm. so maybe they're the ones who are more easily swayed by the whole religious aspect of it yeah. and have a hard time coming out of it. It really does seem to be a religion. I mean, Elliot, you were just saying that it does seem to have these kind of fundamentalist religious overtones and it's weird because there isn't it's almost like a gaia religion i guess doesn't alex jones i think talks about this i don't actually watch him but i've heard him talking about this before but it seems like they worship the planet or nature or something along those lines that it's like they humans are this kind of evil byproduct that's kind of lost control it's almost like the fallen angel of lucifer or something and it's now um threatening the their god um i don't know maybe i'm off base here but it kind of it seems like like because you know most of them if you ask them would be atheist i'm i'm sure like a lot of these Mm -hmm. kind of liberal um vegan or environmentalist or both whatever like you know a lot of them would say oh yes i'm uh i'm atheist i don't have a religion but it's kind of like this is their religion that's what it seems Mm -hmm. like to me 
So maybe they just want to go back to a time or go forward to a time where uh, there is maybe a few million people on the earth and everybody can live in the woods and act like an animal and rut and, (laughs) you know, without consequence. Yeah. It seems like that's what a lot of these people want to do. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to really put your finger on it because it just seems so nuts, but yeah, I think it's unmistakable in the fact that they want the vast majority of people to be gone or they consider the vast majority of people as pests mm-hmm. or as a plague. Yeah. I mean, they well, just- back to what you were saying, Doug, about agenda 21 and, you know, the tinfoil hat and, for years we've heard it and population growth and, you know, they're trying to kill us all and, you know, that scary henny penny thing. And now you see it, people coming right out on mainstream and saying it. Mm-hmm. Should we play that video by Bill, Bill Maher? Yeah. yeah, we could do that. Cause it's just bizarre. Yeah, it is. How, well, here we go break from bashing millennials for their safe spaces, man buns, and avocado toast, (laughs) and give them credit for doing something right, having less sex than other generations, and so less babies, which is good for the planet. (laughs) Every week, it seems there is a new study about how little sex millennials are having. But instead of asking why America's young people are having less sex, let's just be glad they are. Earth Day is coming up, and I can't think of a better gift to our planet than pumping out fewer humans to destroy it. People talk... People talk a lot about bringing a cloth bag to the market and driving electric, but the great under-discussed factor in the climate crisis is there are just too many of us, and we use too much shit. Climate deniers like to say, there's no population problem. Just look out the window of an airplane. Something but empty space down there. But it's not about space. It's about resources. Humans are okay. already using 1.7 times <laughs> the resources the planet has. Uh, I hate Bill Maher. Uh, yeah, He's I wonder such an arrogant ass. I cannot stand him. And I, I, all those people applauding and laughing. Like, that's funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I'd really like to see how many resources he uses. Yeah. Compared, <laughs> compared to the average person, the goal to come out and say that in public. Um, I think these ideas are really dangerous. They are hmm. really dangerous because where do you put the brakes on that? It's like you're saying earlier, um, you know, we're talking about these kind of policies at the moment. Okay. They might be fairly benign at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, recycle your plastic or you know basic things like that but who is going to put the brakes on that and say how do you know where to draw the line when are they going to start coming in and saying right okay um you were only allowed to have one baby you had two babies so we're taking this one off you and we're going to put it in the bin you know like in 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 the nicest way possible you know these things are really like a possibility in the future mm-hmm. how 
you know, who's going to regulate and, and who's going to kind of, um, yeah. It's, it's, I think, uh, I mean, you know, I think, I think that that is a possibility because at some point, I mean, we were talking about the Overton window before, um, that these things like now are kind of becoming more and more mainstream, this idea, um, that it's good for the planet to not have any babies and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, to come back to the whole idea of this sort of top-down control that this is actually coming from, um, a higher level moving its way downward, you've got guys like Bill Maher and you've got guys like Mombio and, when it comes right down to it, the things that they are encouraging and saying is is actually the, the, the things that won't necessarily affect them as rich guys, mm-hmm. you know, at the top. It's I, you mentioned this close to the top of the show, actually, Elliot. Is it's that the lower, it's the lower classes, like the working class and etc., et that will be really be affected by these things. You know, it's it's the the, the people who are, are making their billions don't actually care about that kind of stuff because they know that they will probably continue to have access to all the things that they actually want to have access to. But when you start doing things like uh, like mandatory one-child policies or no-child policies or something like that, I mean, George Mombio at one point, he, he it's like, you actually mentioned this as well, Elliot, but he actually like, like calls out for um, having worse living conditions like wants more poverty he actually said at one point bring on the recession um he said i actually i have a quote from him he actually described environmentalism as a campaign not for abundance but for austerity not for more freedom but less it is a campaign not just against other people but against ourselves yeah, I've noticed that, too. It seems to be a call for austerity. And I noticed this when the whole tiny house movement started up big some years ago. Mm. And they're cute and everything, but it's just not enough space. But I guess if you're living in a world where, you know, consumerism is bad and you're not supposed to have a lot of kids, then for these people, a tiny house makes perfect sense because it has a lower carbon footprint or whatever. But Yeah, it seems to be that they want, and I think a lot of this is directed at Westerners and the Western lifestyle, where we have, you know, cars, abundant food, you know. Airplanes. uh, Yeah, airplanes, shelter and all this. It seems like they kind of want us to be like a third world country, like they want the entire world to be a third world, you know, Mm -hmm. planet. And then you have the elites at the top controlling everything. I think ultimately that is their goal. And I think a lot of this comes from that kind of middle class guilt too, because I mean, if you look at these like extinction agenda or sorry, extinction rebellion protests and stuff, it's like white middle class people essentially like Mm -hmm. this is, you don't see a lot of like working class people saying yes, austerity, yes, poverty, you know, it's not, those aren't the people who are kind of cheering this on. Um, So I, I think that a lot of this maybe comes from, uh, that kind of like middle class white guilt kind of thing, um, and it's like you know the, the left used to be when they used to be like oh yeah overthrow capitalism. It's like the the idea was that they were going to elevate this working class. You know the workers, workers unite. This like you know the underclasses are being oppressed, and we need to kind of help them. Now it seems like it's the complete opposite. Like they just they 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 loathe that class. It's like they want to keep yeah. them keep them down and like uh, they hate them for their like materialism and their their the useless eaters more or less like that seems to be what they've kind of taken on. It's like they don't yeah. they no longer want to kind of get rid of this like human misery of oppression. They want to increase human misery. 
It's crazy. Crazy it is. So do we have anything else to add? Don't be vegan. (laughs) Don't, Don't be a radical vegan. Don't be a radical environmentalist. I mean, it's okay to recycle and everything, but, uh, I'm giving up my car. (laughs) Yeah. But there was a video. We don't have to play it because it pretty much says everything we said, but a video on fast company about, uh, how not having children or having fewer children is the best thing that you can do for your planet. And in that video, they're talking about how, uh, not having children is better than not flying, uh, not eating meat, Change giving up your the most all of those things combined of our time. So we didn't have to play it. Okay, <laughs> man. That's okay. I think it was an autoplay. So, <laughs> oh, so not having children is absolutely the best things you can do versus all that other little non-consumerist stuff. So I say, since I don't have kids, I'm free to eat all the meat that I want. I'm free to drive my car and I'm free to take some long plane trips. (laughs) Sounds fair to me. No, but seriously, just beware of people who want to change the world. People who envision a utopia because their version of utopia of, I mean, there's absolutely no way that everyone's going to agree that that is utopia for them also. So just, uh, I don't know what else to say. These people are crazy. And, uh, just, yeah. <laughs> and, and that, and that they're working off of faulty assumptions and lies. Yeah. yeah. Their whole framework is based on lies. Like we care about the environment on this show. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I care about fellow human beings. I just don't buy into the lies which are perpetuated about human man-made global warming. Mm -hmm. And so people who do buy that and they listen to what we've said, they probably think, you know, they can't understand it. But the, you know, fundamental point is, is that here on um, Objective Health, we don't buy into the lies about this, this, that human beings are responsible for causing climate change and that actually we're going to go into the extinction if we don't start recycling plastic. Things are a bit more nuanced than that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well said. I think it's important. The nuance is what's important. Mm-hmm. And, and all of this, this videos and Bill Maher and all these, you know, newspaper ads and everything is just that fear mongering and then people feel they have to do something and then they act out of desperation and then, Oh, I just won't have kids, you know? And then, you know what I mean? It's not really a solution, Mm -hmm. a viable solution. And it just creates more madness when it, when it's passed around like that, you know, none of it is life affirming in the least. (laughs) No, it's the opposite. Yeah. Just take a look at, Greta Thunberg and really <laughs> really think about whether you want to be following her into Yeah, imagine if all the children in the world look like that. <laughs> children of the corn. Not to disparage just her physical looks or anything. No, just no, her, no, no. Her... Just this heaviness about her. <laughs> she's not a and she's actually anyway. quite small. I mean like she has the weight of the world on her shoulders and it's all for nothing. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Anyway, so children of the corn. Yeah. <laughs> children of the corn. I guess that is our show for today. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. If you enjoyed our discussion today, remember to hit the like and the subscribe and uh, have a great day. And we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.